It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny, Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dakers all day long, all day strong. It is a Tuesday here in the Mid-South. And guess what? Shockingly, the boys who went down to Beale last night, the peeps who went down there to boo Draymond Green, shockingly, the Grizzlies beat a desperate Warriors team who needed that victory they are not in the playoff picture. They are not in the playoff play-in game. And there was no Jod, no Dez. Man, it, it there wasn't there wasn't a Grizzlies team. But that was a scrappy little Grizzlies team that got to the line 40 times. 40 free throws last night. Uh the Grizzlies attempted. That is huge. They got a big dub. We're gonna talk a little Grizzlies. We're going to talk some Tiger basketball. Tiger's now up in the top 10. How you like me now? After in the second half, they went out there and dismembered, dismantled. I should say dismantled. Dismembered is it's a little bit harsh. A little gruesome. That's a little gruesome. I'm so sorry about that. Um, dismantled the dead gum shockers. Woo, woo. And, uh, yeah, they're in the top 10. So we're going to talk a little, t- little bit of uh, Memphis hoops. Grizz, Tigers, 12 o'clock, because Zach Boyd's going to join us. At 11.30, we're going to get a little college flavor. You know what I'm saying? A little something-something, a little something-something. College basketball is in full effect, people. No more college football right now. The few more coaching decisions to be made, you know, around the around the country. But, you know, the big things have kind of happened. You had, uh, of course, Nick leave, Kalen DeBoer come into Alabama. All in a matter of a week, Kalen DeBoer went from playing for a natty and trying to upset Michigan to being the man in Alabama. Ramajama, yella hamma, Kalen DeBoer's going to give him hell down in Alabama. But man, we got basketball talk. We'll ask actually David Cobb because he is a football writer and college basketball writer for CBSSports.com at 1130. We'll break all the good stuff down. Um, and Bryant Dacus, I'm very blessed that my producer is an absolute – I would say college basketball might be your favorite sport, or at least that's the vibe I kind of get. It might be. It might be. Like, I mean, you – um, and again, I'm not trying to put you – I mean, I shouldn't say I'm not trying to put your uh, business out on Front Street because, I mean, every producer I've ever had, I pretty much put their business out on Front Street, whether they like it or not. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Um, CJ Hurd, J-Mo, big old Gabe Coon. And now you, buddy. Thank you. Um, but I got to figure some things out because I know that as deep as I've been up in some football, I mean, we just had super duper wild card weekend. By the way, you know we're breaking that down. I'm going to be talking all about that here in a minute. What did we learn from last weekend? And look at the matchups that we have coming up next week. Look at the quarterbacks. Like you have Baker Mayfield and, and Jared Goff playing for the right to go to the NFC Championship game. 
And then over in the AFC, you got this dude named uh, Pat Mahomes going on the road the first time in the playoffs. Going on the road, yes, you heard that right. First time in the playoffs. Of course, the Super Bowl is not played at their crib. But he's never played an AFC playoff game outside of his own crib in Kansas City. Now he's going to go to Buffalo. And Josh Allen last night looked like Superman. My man, seriously, dude. He went from Clark Kent to Superman in one week with a quickness. 52-yard run for a tutty. Throwing BBs all over the damn place. I mean, my goodness, that was a that was a beautiful exhibition of football. We're going to talk tons of wild card weekend, super duper wild card weekend. What's coming up in the division rounds, and uh, we're going to get deep up into a little bit of uh, NFL as well. But I'm grateful to have Dacus because Memphis being a top ten team, I get it. I watch all their games. I go to m- many of them, but like I've seen Purdue a few times. I've seen Kansas and North Carolina. Of course, I've seen I love Tennessee. North Carolina team, John. I've watched uh, Kentucky three times this year. I love Kentucky as well. I got to say, dude, uh, talk about some – like they got like a seven-footer who can shoot threes like nobody's business. They got one of the fastest guards I've ever seen in the entire country. Cal's got some kids, but those kids can play. Sure do. Uh, Arizona gets up and down the court faster than anybody I've seen ever. Their defense is very suspect, but they're they're a pretty good basketball team. But like I have not seen Baylor. Um, there, you know, the, I saw Illinois once. I've seen UConn once. So I got I need a little bit of help when it comes to college basketball. I know my good homie over here is so addicted to it. He makes spreadsheets every single day. I do. I like to keep up with who's playing. Who's playing? He puts. I mean, this dude is like, it, it's wild. Color coordinated, John. Color coordinated. I'm colorblind, so that's maybe oh, why I don't no. do this. Um, that's why I also, if you notice, I wear specific colors on a regular, a lot of them being black or gray. I see. With some jeans. You go together. You know those go together. I know those go together. Now, if, uh, now I'm luckily I have a girlfriend who likes to dress me, but also kind of a bit worried a little bit about her taste. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if you that. notice, like, I, I've learned something over my course of my life. I kind of dress the way my girlfriend dresses me. Mm. And that's how a good coach coaches a football team. He has his team acting, liking, and following him. So now that we're switching back over to the National Football League, what's up? What's going to happen to Nick Sirianni? You Hope can, he gets the can. I mean, I, I'm not wishing for him to get fired. I kind of like him because he's a fiery, crazy person. But this is a team that absolutely just fell completely apart. I mean, just there was. I mean, this the, again, ten and one. Not everything was, you know, right. But what this team went out and did, because I, I feel like the whole situation, what's wrong with Philadelphia, is because simple. They lost their offensive coordinator, who was their complete identity. This year, under Brian Johnson, they did not do pre-snap motion. Fewest in the NFL at twenty-six percent of the time, so they didn't make you think. The average in the NFL was 51%. They didn't run the football with Jalen Hurts the way that Shane Steichen did. The offensive line being in the two-point stance all year and not firing off the ball, so therefore play action never worked because the linebackers never stepped up because they didn't honor the read. A.J. Brown gets injured in a meaningless football game. Not meaningless, but damn, dude, y'all were getting your your tail kicked by the damn Giants. 
It's it, it's just a bad situation in Philly. But again, you look at this and you lose lose Jonathan Gannon, your defensive coordinator. You lose your offensive coordinator and Shane Steichen. You lost your identity. This team does not look anything like the team that was playing in the Super Bowl last year. It just doesn't. It's uh, it's pretty weird, to be honest with you, to look at how far they've fallen. But again, if you go back to it and you look at Shane Steichen, there was not really an offensive identity with this team like for, for the last seven weeks, just period. Pretty much the whole season. The defensive side, with Jonathan Gannon being gone, that defense didn't even resemble. Resemble. I mean, that defense was getting run on. That defense was that, – that secondary has just got people running through it wide, the bleep open. And they never made adjustments. Now, we kill the Cowboys and Dan Quinn and that just – like – Going out there and continuing to do the same thing and not making any adjustments because you're going to stick to your scheme does not work, Dan, and it didn't work in the postseason. Mike McCarthy, same thing with the offense. And Dak Prescott, we got to, you know, you got to get off your first read if it's not there and be able to process information and deliver. I mean, damn, bro. CD Lamb, the reason he led the league in receptions because that's all you do is you eyeball him and throw him the damn ball. You forced it, picks, two of them. You've got to adjust. In the offensive coordinating coordinator situation, I think with Philadelphia, really did expose Nick Sirianni. And if he wants to go out there and get him, secure himself with the Eagles, you better clean house when it comes to your defensive and offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia, uh, Brian Johnson, we got guys out here in this league that have no business actually calling that side of the ball. And now you can say things like, Matt Patricia, da 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 he was a Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Yeah, but when he left New England, he ain't done jag, man. And Brian Johnson was terrible. You saw what happened in Buffalo when they moved off of Ken Dorsey. Joe Brady has dialed it up. I'm telling you, man, coaching, these guys are superior athletes on both sides of the ball. In the NFL, all teams are good. They're not all created equal. But damn it, they're very close. Good coaches get the best out of their team. They put them in positions to make plays. They put them in positions to be successful. They make it difficult on the other team. And Nick Sirianni and the Eagles did not do that this year without Jonathan Gannon and without Shane Steichen, by the way, who are both head coaches. You you lose two coordinators who turn out to be head coaches. That's going to hurt. Damn, you gotta you gotta adjust. Sean McVay, you've seen him adjust over the career. I mean, how many times is it Mike Kyle Shanahan? How many people go through Kyle Shanahan's system? Damn thing is Kyle Shanahan's system is still the system because it's Kyle Shanahan's system. Nick Sirianni, what is your system and what are you good at? I get you're a leader of men. I get that, but what is your system? No matter how many offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, if you take that away, I mean, Andy Reid, you look throughout the city. I mean, when he was with the Eagles, now with Kansas City, you can see he's gone through a lot of dudes. He has a system. Like the one thing, the one constant is, and Buddhists will tell you this, that everything changes. 
It's a constant. There, there are change will will come. How do you adjust to that? And when you lose certain pieces, are they taking their identity with them? Or are you imprinting your identity on them? And Nick ain't imprinting anything on anybody, but a losing, losing situation there. And the Eagles now have some serious situations to look at because have you looked who their free agents are? Oh, let's see. You got Fletcher Cox. Oh, that's not good. Their defensive end, Brandon Graham. Over uh, the running back section, DeAndre Swift, he's also a free agent. Quez Watkins. You got their linebacker, Nicholas Merrow, Zach Cunningham, Shaq Leonard. My goodness. And it goes it goes on and on and on. Off- offensive tackle, Jack Driscoll. Rashad Penny, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, Jason Kelsey's probably retiring. No, he is retiring. Like, is, is it 100%? I know yeah. they said he told his teammates that he is... Everyone's reporting this morning that it's 100%, so I'm going to take them I've for I've been the looking at it as more like it looks like he's going to retire. He told his teammates right. he's retiring. But when it comes out of the horse's mouth, because I'll tell you, man, Tom Brady's retired before, you know what I'm saying? That's a good point. Very good point. So I got to hold off. And plus, you know, Travis Kelsey likes doing his, like, you know, Travis Kelsey likes jabbing his brother a little bit. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you know, he's got T.T. Swizzle. He's got two Super Bowl rings. He's probably just rubbing that all in his brother's face. He might have to come out of retirement and just kick his butt. Might have to. I don't know. I don't know. Hadn't come out of his mouth yet. But the Eagles situation, it is just abysmal. Pretty wild, man. So uh, to watch how fast in the National League you can fall from one season to the next. But you have to look again at the root causes. You have to look at the root causes. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, the reason they just keep losing is because, damn it, that's what Dallas does, man. Dude, since 1995, you can't get to an NFC Championship game. That's the longest team in the NFC to not make it to an NFC Championship game. Did you know that? Isn't that shocking? (sighs) So shocking, John. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to give you jabs. No, no. But here's what I want to jab at. The worst division in football, the NFC East. Are you kidding me? The Eagles go out against Tampa Bay. The Dallas Cowboys get whooped. Whooped. Worst team in football, the Washington Commanders, when it comes to point differential. And then the New York Giants, bro, they're terrible. Hey, Mr. DeBito. Like, he played quarterback and, like, sold cold cuts. In, in, in cutlets. And charging pizza places $10,000. 10 times more than he said he would. Yeah, we'll try to get $20,000 after he actually got a win yeah. on Monday Night Football. But the NFC was terrible. Yeah. The NFC East, I'm sorry. The NFC East was terrible. And now we can obviously see that. But we got to look ahead now. It's time to look to the future. Are you a big – do you like to look to the future? Sure. Can you see the, the Can you see the future? Sometimes. All right, good, good, good. Because you know, uh, again, Super Duper Wild Card Weekend is over. The divisional rounds are getting ready to kick things off. And, yes, we have got to talk about what's coming ahead. I am fired up. You got San Francisco and Green Bay. It's the one overall seed, San Francisco, playing against what was the seven seed in the Green Bay Packers. The Dagum 49ers are a 10-point favorite in this ball game. But, dude, don't tell that to Jordan Love. Last nine weeks, my man's got, what, 22 touchdowns, one interception? He's been playing really well. Um, playing pretty good. Making you uh, – he's like, oh, my God, that looks like a little Brett Favre right there. Ooh, wee. Man, I think he can do it a little better than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's been playing good football, I can tell you really that. Well. On the other side, you look and you got Brock Purdy. 
Mr. Irrelevant. But the one thing, I don't know if you know this, this dude, this dude has the number one overall offense. Do you know that? Yeah, he does. Sure does. Um, They are the best team. They have the number one offense, number one pass offense. Uh, They have the number one, like, expected play average on points, highest in the National Football League. Yeah, you didn't know that was a, a, a stat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, George Kittle, they're bad to the bone on defense. Uh, Javon Hargrave, Chase Young with Nick Bosa. Bringing over Chase Young was huge. Defense is just absolutely sick. But this is a Packers team. Are they real or are they a paper tiger? They went down to Dallas and just beat Dallas up. But you know what? I'll tell you one thing. Dallas is... You know, linebacking linebackers can't stop the run. They were too light in the britches. Been that way all year long. And quote this secondary man, they eh, eh, they got torched. They got torched. But man, let's look at this Green Bay. We keep singing all the praises of Jordan Love, and rightfully so. I mean, there was a stretch where he beat the Lions and the Chiefs in back to back weeks this year. Do you remember that? Yep. That was thoroughly impressive. But then they followed it up with two losses to the Giants and the Buccaneers. And you're like, wait a second. I don't know if I believe him. And then you talk about how great he's been lately. Final three games of the season, the Panthers, who are terrible, the Vikings, who are terrible, and the Bears, who are um, the Bears. Are they real or are they kind of a paper tiger? Because I think this 49ers team is legit. The line says they are legit. The line says they are legit. And you know who was a 10-point favorite? Um, let's see. In the postseason, in super-duper wildcard weekend? The Bills. The Buffalo Bills. Do you know who covered that spread? The Bills did. Oh, that would be the Buffalo Bills, baby. Man, it feels like they're begging you. You can get the Green Bay Packers plus 10 points. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, did you see what they did to the Cowboys? You know Cowboy Nation is going to jump all up on that giant. Oh, man, they're so good. That's the greatest team i ever seen in my life. I'm telling you, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Did you see how they dismantled us? Man, man, man. I, I'm telling you, I like that game. I like who's in it. I like what's going down. But that's the second game on Saturday. Before that, you got... C.J. Stroud, Lamar Jackson. You got a 22-year-old kid, youngest player, youngest quarterback to win a playoff game. Took a team with from three wins last year to winning a damn playoff game against the number one defense in the National Football League. But the thing is, is the Cleveland Browns blitz like it's going out of style. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, while they lead the National Football League in sacks, they don't do it like that. And on the other side, again, Joe Flacco, Mr. Interception. Ten interceptions, by the way. And, and it, I just – I can't believe I was, I was so sold on the Joe Flacco, Cleveland Browns train. Some people just – I like old people, okay? I mean it happens. I can't help it. I was like, oh, my God, look at this old man playing with these young bucks. It was like a, it was like a story. It's a you great know, a little story. story. I, I got it all caught up in the damn story, and the reality of it was the Texans kicked their butt. C.J. Stroud is the real deal, Holyfield. But on the other side, this is Lamar Jackson we're talking about. Todd Munkin has this offense playing at a different level. They actually push the ball vertically down the field. Lamar Jackson's playing almost like he was playing in his Louisville days. Their run game is still stellar. Their defense is locked. And guess what? They are at home at M&T Bank Stadium over there in Baltimore, and I feel like they're going to pull out a can of whoop hash. 
Nine and a half point favorite currently over the Texans. Two wow. huge lines. I didn't know it was that big. On Saturday. That's crazy. Baltimore minus nine and a half. The 49ers minus 10. Huge lines. John, I'll ask you this. I, I saw somebody post this on, on uh, Twitter last night, and I thought it was— uh, I saw some people post stuff on Twitter last night, too. <laughs> wow, maybe it was the same thing. <laughs> Do you think that the NFL might have found something with the Bills having to postpone their game uh, to yesterday? Because it feels like—I mean, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Day and, you know, the weekend of wild card, you just have 2-2-2 two, two, two and go— you know, two games on Saturday. I like two games the on two, Sunday, two, two. Two games on Monday. I, I, I really liked it. I liked it. I'm not going to lie. And I got to give like everybody, like tons of credit to the people in, in, in um, in Buffalo because, bro, it, yeah. we watched them like fans clearing out the snow in the stadium. John, if you hadn't seen a picture before that game started and you just tuned into CBS and watched the game, you would have never known never. that there was a blizzard. Never, never, never. And that there was there that were people were walking to their seats through uh waist high. Waist high snow. Snow. dude. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, did you know they had no assigned seats? Yet? Yeah, it was just find find a spot and hang out, which I love. A little free for all action. I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. But um I think they may have found something. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it. Well, I mean, is is MLK going to run on – like is it going to line up with Super Duper Wild Card Weekend every single year? I mean it should. MLK doesn't I mean, change. I don't know. It's the same date every well, year. I mean I know, but like the season – I don't know, man. You know what, man? I'm just – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? It probably does. I'm not a calendar expert. I just know I saw that somewhere. I didn't put too much thought into it, so maybe we're all super wrong, and someone can text us and be well, like, "Well, hey, two, two, this two. Is how things work." But dude, I like two, two, two because I'm not gonna lie to you. I still, I know it's with the Grizzlies being terrible. Yeah, it makes it also a little more difficult for me to watch other college. I mean, NF, NBA basketball games. Do you know what I mean? I'm just right. not as caught up in the entire sport right now until like the. I mean, I'm gonna get into it once football's over. I'll get all jacked up and everything. But with the Grizzlies being, you know, everybody and their grandmother injured, yesterday I could not wait for 3.30. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there was basketball on and it was in the background, but I wasn't like even gambling on it. I wasn't even paying attention. It was just background noise. Right. Man, I got to take a break. You know why? Why is that? Because David Cobb's on the other side, CBSSports.com's very own David Cobb. We're talking a little coaching situation in college football, and we're definitely dumping, jumping deep into some college hoops. Right here on Sports 5698.5 FM. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. Happy Tuesday. We just uh, had a beautiful Super Duper Wild Card Weekend. K 
came and went. Now we got the divisional rounds. I've talked a little bit about Saturday's actions. You got C.J. Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Texans, Ravens. That's going to be fire. On the other end, you got Brock Purdy and Jordan Love. If you look at the NFC, by the way, like Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff. Yeah, how you like me now? It's just a, it's a little different. You got the NFC, the AFC, of course, Josh Allen. You got the big name, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and then of course the new kid in town, C.J. Stroud, who's just who he's built for it. Dude is just built for it. My man just knows how to play the damn game. But we're gonna talk a little bit of NFL here in a little bit of future. But it's time to switch them gears. Why? We have, I think, the best writer in the business covering college football and college basketball for CBSSports.com. He is David Cobb. What up, Cobb? Oh, man, not much. You are so over the top with your like your intros and outros for me. You know, you're like, you pump me up, man. Like, like you, you, you boost my ego. Like, I, I, I like coming on with you just to hear you, like, talk about how awesome I am because uh, it's uh, – Wow. Yeah, I just, I just get major, major boost. Major Dude, boost. Come straight from the heart and honesty. Like I said, if I were you, I'd be, I couldn't walk through the door. My head would be so big the way you write and I mean, you cover it. I, I don't really believe half the things you say, but man, it, <laughs> it's just great to, it's just great to hear. David, I'll record awesome it so that you. you can make it your like uh, alarm clock in the morning and it can just play every morning for you. <laughs> oh, That's Lord. what I need. That's what I need. It'll get you. Uh, it'll get you ready for it. By the way, before we hop into a little bit of you know college basketball and college football, you snowed in like a madman. Yeah, you know we're over here in Middle Tennessee, and we got it. We got it pretty good too. I mean, it's like not only did it come down, but it's it's so cold that it's not going to melt anytime soon. So it's uh, it's a little bit of a situation. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a little bit wild here in Memphis as well. But um, you know, I think half the country's like snowed in or something. But at least we have great sports to watch. The NFL this week was out of control. Um, who do you have a rooting interest in any NFL teams? Um, not particularly. I was always a Colts guy by virtue of Peyton Manning uh, being the, the great you know former Tennessee player there and. I would have become a Titans guy if he had ended his career there. Uh, he went to Denver though, and so I just kind of. You know, my, my, my loyalty is with my fantasy team. Smart. I get that. Trust me. I get that. Now, we got to talk a little college ba- uh, college football before we talk into some jump into some hoops. What do you think about uh, the wild the wildness with what's going on down in Tuscaloosa? Nick Saban, he retires. They bring in Kalen DeBoer. And, ba- and by the way, think about what a difference one week makes. Like it was yes. just a, a week ago on Monday where we were wondering if Kalen DeBoer could actually upset Michigan in a national championship. A week later, we're now wondering can he continue the success that Nick Nick Saban pretty much, uh, you know, when he revitalized Alabama, can he continue that going forward? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's this is the noisiest the coaching carousel has been after the season in quite some time because a lot of times you know, these big hires are done in December and uh, here because of the domino effect set off by Nick Saban, uh, there's still a lot going on and it could get even crazier if Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh, goes to the NFL, in which case uh, three out of the four playoff teams would be uh, with new coaches going into uh, 2024, which is kind of wild. But uh, even if Harbaugh stays put, 
yeah, the domino effect of, of Saban alone is now uh, really taking effect because uh, Washington hired Jed Fish from Arizona, and now Arizona it looks like it's going to hire Brent Brennan from San Jose State. So I think Alabama did as well as they could given the circumstances. Uh, being the guy to follow Saban is a daunting task. Uh, but if you just go and look at his co- career win record and how quickly he was able to turn Washington around, you know, I think he's worth a shot. He could be Urban Meyer or he could be uh, Brian Harson. <laughs> uh, chances are he'll be somewhere in between. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating because it's, uh, it's totally a new era for the sport next season, even without Saban's retirement. But you throw Saban's retirement into that. And it's just going to feel like a, a different planet in college football next year. Yeah, it's definitely weird. And by the way, you got to give uh, like Jimmy Sexton. Think about it; he got every one of his dudes raises off this whole Nick mm-hmm. Saban debacle. I well, mean, think about and it. He, he, he got Kalen DeBoer a new job. I mean, he got literally all his dudes big well, time but, raises. But he, he also moved every single piece. It feels like. Well, the thing is, his most lucrative client retired so like his biggest <laughs> money maker left so yeah to, to keep his income up he had to he had to get everybody else a raise uh which it appears he successfully did which is no surprise so uh yeah he's, he's the power broker behind it all and uh you know i think i read where where the board picked up jimmy sexton as his agent uh fairly recently which is kind of a sign that you're looking to move up in the world and and, and kaylin DeBoer certainly did yeah, you're right. He put on a master's class, by the way. I mean, Nick Saban retires, so he used the Alabama job as leverage to get Dan Lanning, his client, Mike Norvell, and Steve Sarkeesian, all three of them raises. Then he gets moves one of his clients, Kalen DeWarg, over to Alabama. My man's just moving pieces. But if Jim Harbaugh does actually leave, what kind of, uh, like, I mean, are they going to stick in-house? Uh, I mean, what does Michigan do? Because, you know, he was out there and. San Diego yesterday. What do you think mm-hmm. uh, the chances are that Jim leaves? And then what does Michigan do? Yeah, it's interesting isn't it, how these NFL franchises will just publicly announce who they've interviewed. I wish college uh, colleges would do that during coaching searches. It would make things a lot simpler than trying to track airplane uh, tail numbers and uh, you know all that sort of stuff. But uh, it would be a disaster if if uh, Michigan had to go into this season without Jim Harbaugh because. They're already losing so much talent from this national title-winning team. And I think that's probably a part of why Jim Harbaugh is so open to what these NFL opportunities are going to look like because he's not only is he losing J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum, but he's losing some key players from that defense. He's losing Roman Wilson. I mean, uh, there is no air to, to, to J.J. McCarthy at quarterback on that roster, I don't think, uh, to the point where – he would have to go in the portal probably in the spring to get a quarterback for next season. So, and then you throw on top of that all the uh, the investigation clutter. I mean, he's still yep. under two different NCAA investigations uh, with the sign stealing and then the recruiting scandal. So, you add it all together. There's a lot of really good reasons for Jim Harbaugh to look elsewhere, and uh, and where, that would leave Michigan in, in a brutal spot. Where, yeah, like you were saying, they might just kind of have to promote from within and, and go the Sharon Moore route after the job he did whenever Harbaugh was out this year. Yeah, just don't cry on national television again. Also, yeah, I mean, seriously, that's like that's a little bit of a red flag. Like, that's so, like, that freaks me out. Also, he, uh, I, I was listening to Brett, and I didn't even think about it until he said, remember when he was thanking the Lord, and then he went from thanking the Lord and dropped four F-bombs? <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Is that the guy you want as your head coach? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, if he's a Michigan man or whatever, I get it. Like, you, you have a, an emotional attachment to the guy. Uh, but look, 
you can do that for one year, right? And if it doesn't work out, you you, you pull a Zach Arnett, right? And yeah, you just, just let him say, go. See you. He didn't even finish the year down at State. <laughs> Right, so that I mean, that's what Sharon Moore would be if Jim Harbaugh leaves. Is a, hey, we're going to give you a chance. You earned yourself a chance, but uh, the contract and, and, and the the amount of leeway you're going to have are going to be a lot less than, than uh, what, what you would normally expect of a Michigan coach. And it's also the one thing I, I the I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to bounce not just because of the investigation, not just because he you know he got his national championship, but I mean, there's already eight jobs open in the National Football League currently. I mean, you got the Seahawks, Raiders, Fal- no, yeah, there's eight uh, Seahawks, Raiders, Falcons, Titans, Chargers, Commanders, Panthers, and Patriots. Cowboys job might open up. The Eagles job might open. I mean, there could be ten open jobs. Um, I mean, Jim can pretty much almost pick his place outside of looks like Atlanta, who feels like they're about to close the deal on Bill Belichick, which would be absolutely wild. So I, I don't know. I just feel like he's about to be like he's going to be gone. Yeah, it, it's certainly possible. Uh, he's done everything that he could do at Michigan. They've won three straight Big Ten championships, beating Ohio State three years in a row. They just won a national championship. All of his best players are moving on uh, for the most part. Uh, it's, it's the time to go. You're under investigation. Uh, you know, I know they are, they are trying to get him an extension at Michigan that would alleviate some of his fears over these investigations, basically saying, hey, uh, the, the contract that Harbaugh would require at Michigan is going to be one that you know, uh, pays him even if he gets hammered by the NCAA. So like, basically, hey, you can't fire me with cause. Uh, sort of thing, which, you know, they've already uh, gone to unprecedented levels there to keep him in the past. And, you know, they're really going to have to bump him up. In fact, I think they probably have to make him the highest paid coach in college football with NCAA immunity and, and with whatever else he's asking for. I mean, with, with saving out, I mean, there's a chance if it does work out with Harbaugh in Michigan that he is the highest paid and, and most king of know, the castle. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, because somebody's got to fill that void, right? And, and mm-hmm. Kirby Smart is certainly the best coach, I think, in college football right now. But but Jim Harbaugh could kind of become the most powerful if he's able to use this NFL leverage to, to get Michigan to give him everything he wants. One other question about college football, um, and I, I should have brought it up a little bit earlier, but it kind of goes back to Alabama. Uh, Kalen DeBoer heading over here to uh, Alabama has Michael Penix Jr. last year. Dude who can throw the ball over the damn yard. Now Jalen Milrow is going to be his quarterback. He does bring over his offensive coordinator, uh, my man Ryan Grubb, who is an excellent offensive coordinator. You saw Jalen Milrow front and center at the press conference. Big hug to the coach. He seems excited. He's staying with Alabama. Um, how does this this offense fit with Jalen Milrow? Actually, I think it fits pretty well. Because the strength of Jalen Milrow's game throughout this season was the deep ball. And that's what DeBoer thrived on at Washington. The Huskies were consistently the best in the country at passes that traveled 25-plus yards in the air. They ranked among the best in the country in explosive play rate. So it wasn't like a old-school air raid like you might have seen under Mike Leach where there's a lot of dink and dunk. Uh, that's why I thought Will Rogers might be a little bit of a strange fit at Washington uh, because I didn't see him throw the deep ball as much uh, as as Washington typically did. And now uh, with Jalen Milrow, I think I think the deep ball ability makes him a really good fit. And he can run more than, than Penix. Penix was a statue uh, this year because of all the injuries that he had been through. Milrow can escape the pocket. Uh, so I think that 
I think he'll be a, a really good fit, actually, with, with what Kalen DeBoer does. Oh, my goodness. I could talk football all day long. I do have to switch gears, though. I really do because uh, college basketball is in full swing. And I'm going to tell you, David, outside of the Tigers, I don't know Jack. <laughs> I don't know Jack. <laughs> well, man. hey. It's that time of year, man. Time, time, time to get up to speed. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm getting buckled. I've watched Kentucky like three times. I mean, I've watched you know some good basketball. I don't really know what I'm seeing. I mean, Arizona gets up and down the court so damn fast. Uh, I feel like their defense is a little lacking. You know, Purdue's got Zach Eady, uh, UConn's UConn. I mean, I look around the country right now. Who are some of the surprises? Who are some of the teams we got to keep our eye on? And what do I need to start focusing on so I can get ready? Yeah, I mean, I think. One emerging storyline to me is like revenge of the blue bloods, and when I say blue bloods, I literally mean the teams that that wear blue. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, UConn, Kentucky. It, yeah, I mean, and of course, UConn was Kansas. there last season, and Kansas has never really dropped off. Uh, Memphis, they did they're blue early last year, but sure, yeah, Memphis in there, but <laughs> but in particular, with I mean, no, I mean, Memphis keeps winning. Like it's not pretty, like it's ugly actually, but they keep winning. So, uh, uh, but no, I mean, North Carolina. Duke and Kentucky in particular. They've all been through major periods of transition the last few years. Obviously, Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski exit the sport. Uh, Duke wasn't up to its historical standard last year uh, under John Shire. They didn't win the ACC. They lost in the second round in the NCAA tournament to Tennessee. Uh, North Carolina had one of its most disappointing seasons ever last year, missed the NCAA tournament. And then Kentucky has been uh, a shell of itself. The last few years under John Calipari, after, of course, I mean, everyone thought he was the best in the sport and he had it rolling in the 2010s, you know, and so those three now are all, I think, starting to play really good basketball. And I know Kentucky lost at Texas A&M over the weekend, but that's just life in the SEC. But you really look at it, uh, those those three are, are rising to uh the, the, the top of the sport. They all have a chance to do something really special this year after they've been you know, pretty disappointing uh, last season. Yeah. Um, one other thing about the, uh, you know, the Blue Bloods are doing their thing, and that's pretty impressive too. Uh, but, like, who are somebody that's kind of just, like, outside of Memphis who's absolutely shocking you out there, and you're kind of wondering if they can keep it going? I mean, I think Auburn fits that category, and I do think Auburn can keep it going. Like, you go and look at the preseason SEC predictions, hardly anybody had Auburn in their, their top three. I mean, everybody still had them in the top half of the league, but they didn't begin the season in the AP poll. Uh, they were a little bit of a, of a mystery team, but, man, they are electric. Like, this is the best defensive team that Bruce Pearl's had in a while. It's also the best offensive team that he's had since they made the Final Four. They're really deep. They play super fast. So they're just tough to – kind of deal with over the course of a 40-minute game uh, because you got to have reinforcements ready to rock against these guys. And they are, they're not just winning, they're blowing people out. Uh, so I think, I think Auburn is, as we get into SEC play, I want to see how they do against your Kentuckys, your Tennessees, uh, teams of that caliber. But uh, here, here in mid-January, they are really looking the part of a team that could, that could be a serious threat in March. All right, now you got to help me out. Ole Miss, Chris Beard, the dude wins everywhere he goes. Is this, is this team for real? I mean, I didn't expect this much. They, they got killed by Tennessee on the road first SEC game of the year. But outside of that, they just keep on winning. Yeah, they're good enough to make the dance. I mean, the non-conference schedule was really pretty easy. The Memphis win in Oxford was the, the best win of, of Ole Miss's uh, non-conference run. 
Um, it, which is a good win, but it's Dude, not the way like they, they dismantled Florida is like was pretty impressive to me. Yeah, no, I mean, no, okay, so yeah, almost going to make the NCAA tournament. I think that's that's my prediction. And you know, and you're like, yeah, duh, of course they're 15 and one. But when you don't really have anything on the resume, uh, you know that that that's still not a sure bet at this time of year. So. Um, no, but I think their their floor is high enough with the roster he put together. And the fact is, uh, he got a, a break with the two-time transfer uh, restriction that was lifted. Uh, Musa Cisse had already been cleared, but that also helped him get Brandon Murray eligible, mm-hmm. who's a veteran wing with good size, who's played at LSU and Georgetown in the past. And then, you know, yeah, so he, he did it. He put together a good roster. They're, they're winning close games. Um, and they're gaining confidence. So, like, yeah, I know the advanced analytics don't love Ole Miss, and I don't, you know, for whatever reason. But when you start stacking wins, you get confident. And it's the same thing we're seeing with Memphis right now. Even though it's not always pretty, uh, you're learning how to win. And there's something to be said for that. So, um, I like Ole Miss to at least go 500 in, in the SEC, and, and, and that would be an incredible uh, first year for Chris Beard. It would be. It's uh, it's impressive, and he's just getting started. My man's good, man. Dude wins everywhere. Just don't get in trouble. Um, now, you got to tell me, what's the best uh, What's the best conference for hoops in the country right now? Yeah, I guess I'd go Big 12. Um, the Big East been a, has been a little bit disappointing as of late at the top with – Marquette, you know, just recently snapping out of a pretty long funk, and Creighton hadn't quite been as good as we thought they would be. And at UConn, uh, Donovan Klingon, the star seven footer, has been hurt. Although they're back to number one, even without him. Uh, so I'd go Big Twelve because I've been impressed with the uh, caliber of the additions, like UCF randomly beating Kansas. Like, oh, I didn't see that one coming, you know, and so. This fear maybe that like the bottom of the Big Twelve would be worse than ever before. It hasn't been as, as bad as I thought it would be because of uh, the fact that UCF has been competitive and Cincinnati's you know been strong. BYU has been strong uh, coming into the league. So you know it's just it's a different makeup to the league now with those schools in it, but it's still just as rugged as ever. Man, 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 dude, David, I appreciate you. Stay warm. Drink some hot cocoa if you're drinking. Oh, no, no, drink a hot toddy, man. All right, man, I will. That'll keep you warm, or just put a little Tito's in your life. You don't even have to put the uh, Tito's in the freezer right now. You can just set it out on your front porch if you need to. <laughs> no kidding, man. It's it's crazy. Hey, stay warm, Cobb. I appreciate your time. Everybody read his work at cbssports.com. Follow him on Twitter at David W. Cobb, and always listen to him right here on these airwaves on Monday with my man Stats and Dacus, and then right here at 1130 on Tuesday with me. Be blessed, homie. Stay warm. All right, man. Have a good one. That is DC. We're going to take a quick timeout. Sports 56 98 5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. The only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio.
Welcome back to Little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus. We just ended Super Duper Wild Card Weekend. We had a great Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. Day yesterday. Grizzlies prevailed over Draymond Green and the Warriors. A couple of texters coming in there like, John, what are you nuts? What are you nuts? And I'm like, nah, man, I ain't nuts. They're like an undermanned Grizzlies team wasn't going to allow this Warriors team to win in Draymond's return last night. Hail to the no-no. Thank you for listening yesterday. So, uh, yeah, Grizzlies did a little beat down. We talked about the Grizzlies for just a little bit. But here in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the Grizzlies a whole lot because we have Zach Boyd to talk the Grizzlies, the Tigers. But I got to get back to the NFL for just one second. And I got to bring up what we got because I talked to, I, to, I told you a little bit about our crazy Saturday we got. We got the Young Buck, CJ Stroud going against Lamar Jackson, Baltimore. In the Texans in Baltimore, Ravens are a nine-point favorite. You got the 49ers hosting the Packers, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy. San Francisco's a 10-point favorite. But on Sunday, 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 things get a little bit tighter. Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff. That's what we got. That's crazy. In Detroit, Lions offense has been awesome. My goodness. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Reynolds. Uh, my man Garrett Wilson. Like this is this wide receiving core is flat. I mean Jamison Williams. Did I say Garrett Wilson? I think I did. He's with the Jets. Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds. These are some awesome, awesome weapons and wide receivers. And don't forget Sam Laporte of the tight end and Jared Goff play action with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. The offensive line is straight up stellar. Frank Ragnow out of Alabama, like Panay Sewell from Penn State. Like you got just like Taylor Decker. This is a hella offensive line, hella running backs, hella wide receivers, and they hella good. But man, but man. That defense, I know everybody knows Aiden Hutchins, Hutchinson, and they're and they and they do they can hang their hat on one thing: they can stop the run. But that secondary is terrible. CJ Gardner Johnson at safety kind of had a nasty hit on Tyler Higby this week because he's getting beat. You had Brian Branch and Cameron Sutton getting worked on the outside constantly. Yes, they can stop the run. But can they stop Baker Mayfield in that pass game? I know they were playing a terrible Eagles team, and that that Eagles team is terrible. That secondary is just absolutely awful. Pathetic, to be honest with you. And the Buccaneers dropped 32 all over the Eagles' face last night, and they did it through the air. Baker Mayfield threw for 337 yards. You had Rasheed Rice, man. Rashad Rice. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice plays in Kansas City. That's right. Dude, I'm telling you, man, my brain's starting to come back a little bit. I'm noticing my mistakes a little quicker, aren't I? You are. I'm coming out the fog. I give all the credit to fungus, like actually to all the M's, mushroom, mescaline, and marijuana. Thank you for getting me back straight and glorious. (laughs) But again, back to the games. This Bucks game... And this this Lions team, I think this is going to be some real good football. That Bucks team is playing hella good defense. We ain't even talked about the last game, but we're going to do that a little bit later because we're turning our attention to Zach Boyd, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Memphis Tigers. Sports fifty six ninety eight five FM. <laughs> 